Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. On today's episode, Debbie welcomes Kim Mulkey, head coach of the LSU women's basketball team. Debbie and Coach Mulkey talk about her transition from Baylor to LSU. Uh, they get into discussions about food, her wardrobe, uh, what Coach Barmore thought about her move to LSU, uh, what her involvement will be in the LSU football uh, head coaching search, uh, what her motivation was for taking the job at LSU, um, the five over five hundred five thousand season tickets sold already, and we find out why the speed limit on Kim Mulkey Drive is only fifteen miles an hour. All of that and more in this episode of Nothing But Net with Debbie Antonelli and our guest Kim Mulkey, head coach LSU women's basketball. All right, Kim Mulkey, great to see you and have you on the podcast, Nothing But Net. I'm so pleased to get a chance to spend some time with you after your first win. So uh, how was it? Well, it was exciting. It was a lot in attendance. We had the um, elementary um, children there, and they tell me there were over 4,000 of those. And then we are feeling really good because we've sold close to 5,000 season tickets and uh, of course, a lot of those weren't there because of the fact that it was 11 o'clock in the morning and people have to work. But uh, it was exciting, Debbie. And uh, there's a lot of excitement around the program right now. And um, our kids are happy. They feel good about themselves. Uh, we are a work in progress, but uh, playing really hard. Uh, we're playing really hard. Kim, if anybody knows anything about you, they know how hard you work how dedicated you are to your players, and how much you love your family. What's it been like to be around all your friends and family in Louisiana? Well, a lot of them I haven't seen on a consistent basis in, gosh, 40 years. Um, so to see them come to games and to, to see them support and buy tickets, some aren't even LSU graduates or alums, they just live in the area. Uh, I miss my grandchildren. That goes without saying, but thank goodness for uh, FaceTime every day. They were in attendance for the game yesterday, and uh, it was good to see them. They're growing up fast, and um, I think it's a little um, ironic that, um, you know, Kramer is home, so he's he's living upstairs for a little while until baseball starts again, so it kind of felt like old times, except that now I have grandchildren added to the mix. In the history of our game, we've never had anyone with the decorated resume and career that you've had at Baylor pick up and move to another Power Five. We've just never had that happen. No one has won three national championships at a place and left and gone somewhere else. Uh, what's that been like for you um, trying to rebuild, if you will? Well, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's, you know, I knew what I was getting into when I took the job. Um, it's not going to be easy, but I feel like we have relationships through our years of coaching at Baylor. I think my coaches have relationships. I think, um, you know, I, I, my resume speaks for itself and uh, it, it just felt right and it's going to be work, but 
we're excited. Um, it, I still have the energy. I'm healthy. And uh, LSU made the commitment. And, you know, it, it just the timing in my life, it felt right to go do this. One of the things I've been saying since you took the job is that, you know, it's just an incredible change in the landscape of our game uh, to have someone like you do what you've done to go to LSU. And I've also been impressed by LSU's investment, not just in you personally and financially, but investment in a product that they know is going to return on, on the investment. You are going to bring a return on the investment that they made. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, you need to acknowledge Scott, our athletic director. Scott is um, uh, the one who gets credit for that. Uh, and then Stephanie, his right hand, um, you know, those two guys, um, they, wanna, they, want, they want to win. And uh, they want to, to represent LSU in a way that everybody's proud. And so I would first acknowledge them and uh, make them understand uh, that's quite a commitment, and I understand that. And it's like none that's ever been done before in women's basketball at LSU, even during their heyday when they were at all the Final Fours. And um, I'm sure they know the landscape of, of you know, if you're going to make that kind of commitment, um, you got to go after those that that you want. And um, quite frankly, uh, I was honored and and. Um, you know, humbled by the fact that they would call me and just basically say, Kim, it's time to come home. One of the things I hear you talk about in a lot of your interviews is food. I never heard you talk about food before when you were in, in <laughs> Baylor or at Texas. And I know there's certain things that you like. And what are you eating down there? Like, what are you talking about when you're talking about the food? Well, when I left Southeast Louisiana, and to go to college in North Louisiana, you talk about a culture shock. Uh, if you know anything about the state of Louisiana, you know, South is much different than North and it starts with food. Um, you know, down where we are in South Louisiana, it's, it's crawfish, it's, it's spices, it's fresh seafood, um, it's po'boys. Uh, things that honestly, even in North Louisiana, you can get, but it's just different. It's just, just not quite seasoned just right. And then when you leave North Louisiana or you leave Louisiana at all and you go to Texas, you better quickly learn how to eat Mexican food. And so I, I grew to love Mexican food, but you never, you never forget your roots. And I know all the time I would just shy away from buying seafood in the grocery stores in Texas because I knew it wasn't fresh. And so to come back here, I, I literally, I put on about 10 pounds because I was in the process of trying to get in a new house, wasn't working out, trying to hire staff, just, just not getting in a routine. And every day I was like eating something different that I hadn't had in, in 20, 30, 40 years. And uh, we're just known for our uh, fun times in Louisiana, uh, party and um, and food. And um, yeah, it's it's going to just bite me all the time because I love to eat. Well, you needed a new wardrobe anyway, right? I mean, you couldn't wear half the things I'm guessing you had in your closet. Like um, how much purple and gold do you have now? Well, the thing is, I don't wear 
outfits based upon the color of the institution I work for. I know that drives people crazy, but I just wear what I think looks good. And no, I'm not going to buy new clothes. I'm too prideful to go spend money. Uh, what I'll do is I'll just work extremely hard to get back to my uh, uh, weight that I feel comfortable in and that I can fit in the clothes I already have. So um, yeah, it's it's all good. How much of your closet did you move from your house in Baylor? Or you know, Actually, I know you've got I people that up. help you, Kim. I know you got a lot of people that that work with you to help you with all of your stuff. You got a lot of stuff going on. I moved on. all of my clothes, Debbie. I moved all my clothes. I moved all of my shoes, but I did not move anything else inside the house. The home that I bought in Baton Rouge, what I have in my home in Waco, would not go with the house in Baton Rouge. So I ended up purchasing a house in Baton Rouge and actually the designer who helped build this house before I bought it, um, I told him just to furnish it. Whatever goes good in it, furnish it. So I'm actually buying new furniture and new artwork and things that go with the house in Baton Rouge. But really it was just basically bringing, bringing my, um, my clothes and my shoes. I know you like to work in the yard and you like to do a lot of gardening. Have you been able to do that? Have you had any time to do that? I have not had time to do it, but I can tell you I spent um, a tremendous amount of money and time with the yard people here because the house was not finished when I bought it, but I wanted the yard the way I wanted it. And they've done a beautiful job uh, with the yard. And um, it's, again, won't require a lot of work by me, but I will be out in the yard in some capacity, just relaxing and doing something. Mm -hmm. You uh, were kind enough one year around Thanksgiving that I had one of your games at Baylor to invite me over to your home during the Thanksgiving break. It was a game during the holidays. And so, you know, I have a family and I wasn't with mine and you say, come over to the house. And when I went over to your house, you had this huge room with all of your awards. So you left all those behind and where's the Naismith There's trophy? Nothing has changed in my house other than I was asked to bring, I'm in temporary offices at LSU. They're renovating our offices. But my coaches that are in charge of the renovations or in, in decorating asked me if I would bring the ring box with all the rings that I've won in my career and the Naismith um, you know, trophy and a few other things so that they can put it on display when we move into the new offices. But everything you're talking about is still there, along with my children's uh, jerseys and their awards. And it's it's kind of our playroom in Waco. And, and, you know, until I sell that house, it'll stay there. Other things I've put in a storage, like in my office at Baylor, I had to do something with all those things. And so I just put those in, in a big storage deal in, in Waco. Well, that room uh, with all of your accolades and everything that your family has done is really impressive. I mean, it's it's a it's a big room. I was honored to be in there to get to see all of it because you've won so many things. I don't know how you arrange and um, decide where things go on the wall and what spots and where trophies go and and all that. You've won so many things, Debbie. I've I've been blessed. I mean, you you just, you know my career. I've been blessed as a player, assistant coach, uh, head coach, um, and there's no rhyme or reason. I think uh, those things that are in that playroom were either, you know, given to me at a banquet or, 
or gifted to me and you just find a space on the wall and and you put it up there and um we had a room big enough and um, we displayed a lot of the things, but there are a lot of things in there that are Kramer and, and McKenzie's things as well. So uh, it's just a fun room. It's got a pool table in it. It's got a ping pong table, a huge gigantic uh, TV. So it, it was kind of the place that when you had kids, everybody migrated to that room and enjoyed it while, while my kids were growing up. One of your mentors and somebody that I know you have a great deal of love for is Leon Barmore. How has Coach Barmore been with your transition and, and how much time have you spent talking to him since you're you know, both in the same state? He supported it. Uh, I, I talked to him briefly before I, I told, made it public and he said, I'm all for it. You know, he, he supported it. Uh, he was right in the middle of some treatments for some health issues or health issue that he's dealing with. And he's uh, still dealing with that, but doing great. I got to see him about two weeks ago. They unveiled the Leon Barmore monument in uh, Plaza there in front of the Thomas Assembly Center. And I went back for that unveiling. And it was good to see a lot of the players that we coached at Louisiana Tech came back for that. And uh, we talk regularly, not every day, but uh, if a couple of weeks go by and we don't talk, um, one, one, one of us reaches out to the other one. We're, we're constantly talking to each other. He saw, uh, I won my first game and he sent me a little text and, um, you know, it's, it'll always be that way. I know Louisiana Tech was a special place in your heart and, and all the championships that you won there with all of your teammates. I, um, I, I recently saw that you made some comments about the passing of Medina Dixon. And I just wanted to ask you about that. She was a great player at Old Dominion. Well, Medina Dixon and I played together, uh, USA basketball. I'm trying to think what year it was. I think it was my so summer, my sophomore year in college. We played on a team and I have a funny story. In fact, I called Medina this past year when I heard she was sick and we laughed about some things and, um, you know, she was very sick at the time. And actually, I think the next day she was getting ready to go to the hospital for a while for treatments, but just tried to laugh about an incident that happened with us with USA basketball. First time for me to really be out of the country and someone was trying to get in our cabin and uh, there were four of us to a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And you couldn't see outside the windows because the shutters were closed from the outside. The windows wouldn't open. And somebody for hours was literally trying to get in our cabin. And we freaked out. We're screaming and hollering. And whoever's outside doesn't speak our language. So we just were just like in a, in a bad place. So we broke a table and took the four uh, you know, legs off of the table and we all had a leg and they said, well, that's wonderful, but you know, it's nighttime. And I said, no, at some point it becomes daylight. And they said, how are we going to know? You can't see anything. It's shuttered closed from the outside. <laughs> and me being from the country, um, I said, do y'all remember when we got off the bus, there were roosters everywhere, just roosters, just you know, walking around. And I said, obviously y'all don't know that when it's daylight, roosters crow. And I said, we're going to hear those roosters crow when it's daylight. And guys, I don't know about y'all, but I'm unlocking this door. When I hear that first rooster crow, I'm sprinting to Teresa Grintz's cabin and I'm going to be swinging that leg 
uh, off that table because I don't want to die here if it's something bad fixing to happen to us. So we got a good laugh out of that. You mentioned uh, your offices were being uh, renovated. Um, when I spoke to you after you took the job, you told me that, you know, that was something that you wanted to have happen. So you were being housed up in the football offices. Are you still up there? Yes, I'm actually in the south end of the football stadium. We're kind of in an open floor plan. So we see each other and we have uh, desks spread out and uh, just, you know, one big conference table uh, up there. And it's funny because people said back in the day, this was Nick Saban's office before he did stuff to the administration offices, which is where I'm renovating now. But yeah, we um, we quickly got on top of that and renovating offices, renovating the um, training room for women's basketball and just a lot of good things happening right now. And I don't know how long we'll be there, but we're patiently waiting. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm, wonder, I'm wondering, are you involved in the football search? Not you at should all. Be. You sure? Nope, you don't, don't want to be? Any you love college football. Oh, I love college football. And, and I'm like a lot of people. I have opinions, but I want no part of that um, because I, I need to worry about improving the women's basketball um, program at LSU. And um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that uh, Scott and Stephanie uh, get who they want. And it's a wonderful hire and somebody that loves this state like I do. When you got the job, um, you know, everybody had an opinion about you getting the job. One of my opinions was you're going to go to the Sweet 16 every year for sure. Because uh, the, way, the way the format is set up in our game, Kim, you're going to host first and second round. And nobody's going to come in the PMAC at that time of year when you get them all whipped up. You're going to the Sweet Debbie, 16 every year. Debbie, do you realize... Debbie, thank you for the compliment. We have lots of work to do. These kids are working extremely hard. And if we are, I'll be the first one to call you and say, Debbie, you told me so. I'm telling you, Kim, I feel it. I see what your team is. I knew you were going to get some other talented players. Um, you've got the pieces that you need. Now, the SEC is not going to be easy, but I'm wondering if did you get invited to the party in the Big 12? Party? What party was that? The party that they all threw when you left. Now somebody <laughs> else gets a chance to win. Oh, you're bad. No, no. I was, um, gosh, I was blessed at Baylor. Uh, you know, when I went there 21 years ago, Debbie, um, that was my first and only head coaching job. And so you had a, a fear of failing. And, man, boy, we rolled our sleeves up. I hired uh, three assistants that basically were with me the whole time. And um, uh, we got it done. And then we just opened doors to get better recruits. And uh, we just kept feeding that monster. And uh, what a tremendous ride we had. And uh, fun times and memories and the fans. Uh, I have lifelong friends uh, forever because of my association with Baylor and it was a, a very emotional and difficult decision to, to leave there, but uh, one that felt right. There's a lot of times um, people look at jobs as opportunities to improve their opportunity to win, or they look at it as a financial opportunity. Um, I'm wondering from you, what 
besides your family, what was the other motivating part about taking this job from a, the competitor that you are being able to stack up against some of the other coaches in the SEC, some of the other places that have put a lot of money in their programs? Uh, what, what was the final thing that you went, you know what, I cannot wait to get into the PMAC and get going? Well, it had to be being from Louisiana. You know, it's not like uh, I don't know the state. It's not like I didn't compete against LSU. Our first national championship at Baylor was against Simone Augustus, Sylvia Fowles, Tamika Johnson, the best, what I consider the best team in the country. So I was familiar uh, with LSU, uh, not as familiar with some teams in the SEC, but nonetheless, we played just about all the teams at some point in the SEC, either during the playoffs or during tournaments throughout my career at Baylor. Um, and you're right. Uh, people don't up and leave uh, a dynasty and something that, that you basically built from the ground up if something didn't feel right. Um, and it just, something just kept nagging. Kim, you're being sent a message that you have other things in your life to achieve and you need to go home. And ironically, when Scott called me, yes, it was about winning basketball games. Let's, let's get that out there. It's about uh, you know, building the program back to a respectable level. But there were, there were a lot of other things discussed, you know, like a positive, just for the state, a positive for LSU. Um, you can stay in state. You can come back home. And I'm not an LSU graduate, so it wasn't coming back to my alma mater. It was uh, coming back to my state and um, bringing, bringing pride back in, in the women's basketball. And, um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, Debbie, my goodness. Um, it's it's going to be a challenge. And patience is going to be something that I'm going to have to learn at a completely new level than ever before. And I will. I mean, I, I really, really think that I will handle it, you know, as, as good as I possibly can. Kim, I don't know many women's basketball coaches that get the governor of the state at the press conference. <laughs> I mean, that was come on now. And you challenged those people right away. Like who's got season tickets? That's impressive. You got 5000 season tickets sold. Well, we also have almost 200 already in our fast break club. And, you know, monthly luncheons are important to me. Uh, and uh, we had a tremendous following at, at Baylor every month. And I want to get that even higher. Um, but, yeah, the governor and, and not just the governor, the mayor and many politicians. Uh, if you know much about the state of Louisiana, it's very political. And I felt like everybody sitting on the right side of the press conference um, was they were the big dogs in politics in, in the state of Louisiana. So I shied away from trying to introduce, introduce anyone except for John Bell Edwards. And um, ironically, John Bell Edwards and I are from the same parish in Louisiana. We don't have counties, we have parishes. And he grew up 20 minutes from me in a meet. And I grew up in Hammond. So his father was our sheriff. Uh, his his one of his brothers is the sheriff in Tanchpahoe Parish now where I grew up. So we know each other and I was very comfortable in cutting up with him. But I was absolutely just um, just so appreciative that that he would take time out of his busy schedule to be there. It was really cool. Um, 
How come Kim Mulkey Drive, uh, the speed limit is only 15? Well, I mean, well, I would think that- all, Kim Mulkey Drive is not very far. I'm not even sure that there's anything but a stop sign and a dead end. It's next to an elementary school. Oh. And no, I did not go to that elementary school, but it's in the town or the village of Tickfall, which is, you know, if you sent me a letter in the mail, it would be sent to Tickfall. But I went to all the Hammond schools. Uh, but yeah, they just just kindness, just people that are appreciative. And they named that after me right after the 84 Olympics. I thought for sure you would have been on the interstate. No. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, known well enough to get a Marsha Sharp freeway like they have in Lubbock, uh, you know, or a monument. What else like you got your name or, on, Kim? You got a sandwich, you got a cocktail, you got, come on, what else no, is out there? I guess I better pick out my favorite sandwich here in Baton Rouge and see if I can't get my, you know, sandwich named after it. But um, I stay away from all that too, because I like to eat at too many different places and, uh, I'm not going to just pick one favorite place. I, I, I like so much here. Well, you've been so gracious with your time. I just want to ask you one other thing. And that is about the game, about your team, about some defense and rebounding. You know, it's not the first thing I like to talk about, but I know it's what you like to talk about. Um, how, how long did it take for your team to have some buy-in? to what you wanted to do and the pace that you want to play? Not long at all. And that is so heartwarming because it takes time to develop trust. They have to learn to trust me. I have to trust them. They have to buy in. And from the very beginning, uh, they have played extremely hard uh, on the defensive end. And they play hard on both ends. It's just we are limited somewhat on the offensive end right now. So we got to make up for it on the defensive end, and we've got to make up for it in offensive rebounding. And uh, and they know that. I'm I'm real with them, and uh, uh, just play hard, have fun, play hard, and uh, and they're doing that. We have quite a challenge ahead of us in the next game, and um, you know it's just one at a time. I know that sounds so cliche, but we have to just focus on the next game flush the previous one and focus on the next game and our goal when we go into these games is we want to be one and oh one and oh every time we uh, approach the next opponent Kim, i'm hoping that i get one of your games on my schedule and i get to come down there and get to feel it myself because uh, i've been down there many times and i know that place on men and women i've called both men and women's games in the pmac and so i know how how fun that environment can be. So I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you do. I, I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm excited for your family. And I uh, can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. Hey, Debbie, thank you. And thank you for what you do for women's basketball. And uh, when you come our way, uh, we'll feed you good. And uh, you'll get a good dose of the culture here. And um, just keep doing what you're doing, Debbie. And go Tigers.